Welcome to another epic episode of Kazi's Audio Experience. This is the podcast where we're not only going to sharpen our technical skills, but we will learn how to become profitable as filmmakers. And guys, it will mean the world to me if you leave a five-star review and subscribe to this channel for more awesome content. Let's get into it. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another live Super stoked. So today's topic is going to be a lot of fun and I feel like we're going to take it how we usually do, you know, try a different spin on it. So we're going to be talking about different ways to be more employable in 2023. And I talked about like, you know, go on Instagram. I gave you a lot of strategies, hands-on strategies, and those are there. So if I were to repeat those, I feel like it's just basically doing a disservice to all of you that are showing up and giving me your time. So I want to kind of take it a step further and start from like the root cause. Like what's the problem? If somebody's having an issue with this, with this situation, what could be the cause of that? How can we identify that? How can we course correct? And then how can we attack it? Right. To, to change our circumstances. And then maybe at the end, I have like one really solid tip based on my own life that you can apply and actually start seeing results. Uh, we're going to jump right in. And what I did is like, I pretty much took your guys's questions and concerns and then added like my answers on it. Right. So like, and then structured it in a way where it's very, uh, you know, niche and focused to like the topic that we're talking about. So let's just jump right in. So first of all, I think we have to start with mindset. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest culprit. And I think a lot goes into it. I'm not the guy, I'm, I'm not Jay Shetty, like where I'm doing like all the mindfulness things and waking up in the morning and writing like 10 great things that happened to me. I want to do it. I just don't do it yet. It's not natural to me or it's not making any sense to me so far. Um, and, and it's on me. It's not other people talking about it. It's just something that I have to try. And another thing is like, I don't, I don't do yoga. I don't meditate. And again, those things I feel like I need to do. I don't do them. So I don't want to talk about that, right? Like the stuff that I don't do, why can't I share? How can I go about sharing something about something that I haven't done? So what I want to do is I want to tell you that the things that I do that help me with my mindset is being structured. Um, having discipline, things that I feel like sound a lot, you know, uh, very boring to people that are in our field, people that are creative, they're like, yo, dude, you're putting shackles on me just even saying those words. And I'm here to tell you, like, it's the opposite. It gets you out of that prison. It gets you out of that depression. And let's start with like my five book recommendations. So you guys want to probably write that down. I'm going to give, I mean, I listen to hundreds of books a year. And, and I'm, I'm a really slow reader, so I like to listen because I can listen to it at 2x. So I'm going to give you a list of five books and it's going to go in a sequential order. You have to listen to them or read them in that order. And uh, anybody who's struggling with their mindset game, this is going to change your freaking life. I'm telling you. And I'm, I spent so much time picking out these five. It was really hard because I have hundreds of books in my Audible. So there it goes. Number one book is going to be by Mel Robbins, it's called The Five Second Rule. Um, so it's going to be an excellent book to ba basically get you off your butt. And if you're a snoozer in the morning, like which I find myself being guilty of in the past, this is going to just change your entire life. Like it, 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 when you listen to it in the beginning, it just sounds very juvenile and you're like, what the hell? Like what's going on? But as soon as you trust it and you just like take the leap of faith, it's going to start to make a you know crazy sense and it's going to change your life. So that's the first book. Second book is Atomic Habits. That book 
absolutely changed my life. And also because I'm a creature of habit. Like I love habits. So I just needed something and some structure around it, some framework that like really made all the sense for me. So the second book is Atomic Habits. And like I said, you have to go in that order, okay? You have to listen to one to graduate to the next one. Third book is by Grant Cardone and that's Be Obsessed or Be Average. I've, I've listened to every single of his books and I've listened to them um, like tens, 20, 30 times each book. And that's another thing that I wanna kind of throw in. When you find the book, when you find the material that makes sense to you, go fucking crazy on it. Like that's what I do. Like. All these books that I'm talking about, the reason why I'm talking about it is because I listen to each book over 10 times. I'm a psycho like that. Sometimes I, when I first listened to Atomic Habits, it was so good, I finished it encore right, right away. So I listened, I listened to it at 1.5x first, it ended, I 2x'd it encore. Let's go. I want to hear it again, right? So it's crazy, right? Like, and you're going to listen to all the new information, all the new information. You're going to be like, whoa, what the hell is going on? You have to do this and that way, rinse and repeat, okay? You have to, like, you find some, you find a gem and you're like, okay, like, dude, give me that million dollar information. I, I, wanna, I wanna eat it up. Like, I wanna go deep, go deep, go deep. Um, or if you listen to a book and you're like, okay, this was an amazing book, now I gotta read that book. There are a couple of books like that that are just bugging me. Like, I listened to it, but I just felt like I can get so much more if I read them. So I'm gonna eventually get it on Kindle and then read those books. Fourth book is by Kevin Hart, and that is Monsters and How to Tame Them. Incredible book. This is such an amazing book. It takes you through basically first monster recognition, like all those monsters that we have, like, you know, things like Not Me Monster, right? Like one of the monsters that he talks about, which is basically like bad shit happens to other people, but not me. Uh, other people can drink and drive but and crash, but not me. I can drink and drive and I could be a Superman. All those weird things that we justify in our heads this book is so incredible. He takes you through all the, those things, recognize it, and then gives you a game plan how to tame your monsters and use them to your ability. Like, use them. Don't give up on them. Use them. And he then tells you how he used those monsters to come up. Um, excellent book. Like, blew me away. And then the fifth book that I will give you here is going to be The Gap and the Gain. That book absolutely changed my life because... Again, us creatives like, you know, that struggle with discipline and, and routines and things like that, what happens is that it's really easy to find ourselves in the gap, right? World is out there to get me. Bad things are happening back to back. I don't know what to do. All those things. The gap and the gain points those things out and gives you like trigger words and trigger like things for certain situations where something happens and you find yourself in that victim mindset and you go, no, 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 dude, you're not getting me this time. I'm out. So it's like basically really good at like wrestling, right? Like try somebody try to grapple you and you keep coming out of that. So it's, it's that the gap and the gain does that. Um, and a really, really good job. As soon as I listen to it and one more tip that I want to give you, as soon as you listen to these books, the best way to basically soak in that information, go talk to somebody uh, and discuss it. So in my case, I lucked out because I can do these things with my wife. Like basically anytime I listen to any of these books, I just go in and I'm like, baby, just listen to the gap in the gain and uh, let me break it down. Like listen to the concept, how crazy this is. And then I'll give her the synopsis, the summary, and then we will use that. Like things will happen and she'll call me out. She called me out yesterday. Um, I got a little like uh, scratch in my throat and I was just like in a bad mood, like, you know, woke up on the wrong side of the bed. So I was downstairs and I said something and she was like, God, she's like, you know, you're, you're such a BK, you're such a buzzkill today. And she's like, get out of that gap. 
And uh, I walked upstairs, I laughed, I walked upstairs and then I'm working and I just like text her and I was like, thanks for calling me out. I love you for it, right? Because yes, I found myself in the gap and now I wanna pull myself out of it. So if we didn't have that terminology, if we didn't have that mindset, like that's what I'm saying, right? Like I put a lot of value in frameworks because when you have them, it, it, it takes all the thinking out and makes it very simple to be like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Like you get better at pattern recognition, which is very important to be successful. Um, AKA be employable, right? When, you, when you're gonna exude these qualities, people are gonna be like, dude, uh, F like his skill set and how good he is. I just wanna be around this person, him or her, right? I wanna be around them because these guys are making me better every day. The next thing that we're gonna talk about that somebody asked is like, hey, how do you overcome the imposter syndrome? So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna basically first break it down into the causes, like what causes it, and then we're gonna talk about the solutions. Um, so. The first thing that I'm gonna say is that it starts with your family, it starts with your upbringing. And I'm gonna share my own story that I feel like I've never shared before. But when I was growing up, one of my auntie, I overheard her uh, in a conversation with my mom, like where basically she was just telling my mom like how my older brother and her older son are gonna do great things because they're so smart, but then the, the middle children are just gonna like, you know, we'll be lucky if they can do anything. And I overheard it and it just, it sat with me and lived with me up until like my entire life, like up until very recently, I started doing therapy and that's what helped me like got, got out of that. But up until recently, my whole identity was created around that thing. Like it was created around like, I'm not the smartest. So then my thought process was, if I'm not gonna be the smartest, I'm gonna outwork everybody. That is a great mindset. It made me an ultimate hustler and you guys like appreciate and love that about me, which is great. But it put a really big, like huge um, chip on my shoulder that I had to live with. Um, and I can never like let my guard down. I can never be silly. I can never be stupid. I can never per be perceived as goofy or stupid even if I'm playing a board game uh, because then people will know my identity. Imposter syndrome, right? Like people will know I'm dumb. I'm just smart because I'm outworking them, but if they actually sh see me in something that I don't really know about, and if I suck at it, they're gonna go, dude, you ain't shit. Um, and then those things are gonna come back, right? So I had to counter that. It was really, really hard for me, and, and through my therapy, we worked through it, and we realized, like, I mean, think about it, right? Like, our society is kind of fucked up in that sense. When you think about an engineer, and when you think about um, a car mechanic, car mechanic kind of have like a little bit of a lower status compared to an engineer, right? Which kind of sucks because what needs to happen and our thought pro process should be that if the engineer is driving from Arizona to California and the car breaks down on the side of the road, he doesn't know shit. He can maybe design rockets to take off, right? And go to the freaking moon, but he doesn't know how to fix his car in that moment and he needs a mechanic. So we need to be more respectful and understand everybody's profession and what they're great at. And then outside of that, hey, it doesn't matter, man. Like, let it go, like, let it go. It Like, that doesn't define you. If I play board games with my wife and my son and they kick my ass, which they always do, that doesn't mean I'm dumb. That doesn't mean I'm stupid. That's not my domain. And if I keep doing it, I'll get better at it. But, you know, the, the point of that is to have fun and not to just like think about it like, but what happens is that the way we grow up, right? It just sits right in there and it never gets out. So that's one of the causes and you have to recognize it. Is Has that happened to you or, or even a fraction of that? So you need to work through that first. The second situation is exter external situations. You know, a lot of people are not 
an extrovert. So like, you know, if I say, you know, hey man, I'm bringing somebody on, go live with me. And all of a sudden they jump on and you know, they're, they're kind of like jumpy, right? But uh, in the comments and everything else, they're as confident as, you know, anyone. But when they jump on and when the camera is on them, all eyes on them, all of a sudden, like the, the person just, something happens, right? Like your heart is beating faster, all those things. Some people feel that. So that is one of the things to like identify, like, does that happen to you? And if that happens to you, what can we do to fix that, right? And the third thing is, and, and based, based on this, like, let me just say that with external situations, always put yourself in uncomfortable situations and afterwards you're gonna feel rewarded and you're gonna feel so good. Like all these lives, right? Every Sunday when I'm coming up with a topic, I'm always like kind of dreading it for half a second. I'm just kind of like figuring out ways, finding out like ways to get out of it, right? Oh man, I haven't put out a video yet. Uh, yeah, I don't know, baby. Like I, she's like, you know, hey, what's the topic for the live this week? I don't know. I don't know. I think I just got some work going on. Like I'm doing all these things. I don't know if I can jump on. Bullshit, right? Bullshit. I'm just saying that to myself because I know the like the coming up with the concept and that is going to be difficult for me. Talking is not difficult. That's my domain. I live for it. So that's not hard. What's hard is like coming up with the topic, giving people like what they're really going to use and it's not going to be just bullshit. So it's just all of that added pressure that I put on my head that uh, that takes the joy out of it and then I don't want to do it. But I'm telling you, after when I'm done with my lives, it's the best feeling ever. I just literally feel like I'm levitated, like I'm, I'm on cloud nine and uh, it, it sets my week off. It's almost like it's getting to a point where I want to do lives on Mondays so I can kick off my week because after Wednesday, I'm so juiced, um, you know, and I love it. So I'm just saying like fall in love with being uncomfortable. It's not a bad thing. And then the last cause for imposter syndrome is inner guilt. Um, and again, that's coming straight from me. Um, you know, some of you know, like, I mean, I took out like PlayStation 5 that used to sit right there, right? So I took it out uh, momentarily. I'll bring it back probably tomorrow because I'm watching The Last of Us and it's so fucking good. Now I want to play the game. I'm watching the show and I'm like, now I want to play the game. And then all my, like my brothers and my son are playing FIFA right now and they're hot on that. And I'm like, I want to play FIFA. So I'll probably bring it back in a few weeks. But I did put it away on December 30th. And I got rid of it. I'm like, I'm going to be focused for a little bit and I'm going to do things, you know, my own way. Because what it was doing is there was a lot of inner guilt that was coming out and it was creating that imposter syndrome. All of a sudden, when you read like a hater's comment on your YouTube video and they recommend you to go watch somebody else's video because it's better, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden that hits harder. Before I didn't care, I would roll my eyes and I'll be like, all right, peace. Like, I don't care. Uh, you, you can't make everybody happy, right? Look what they did to Jesus. So it's like even prophets are not like protected by it. So who the hell are we? So it's like, you know, we, we can't be pleasing everybody. So that's okay. But what happens is that when I am not giving my 100%, when I have that weird inner guilt where I'm saying, oh man, like you're spending three hours playing games every day. Like take it easy, bro. Like, I mean, that's three hours you can spend on learning, creating videos, um, when was the last Instagram post you made? Like, what are you doing, doggy? Like, I mean, you're just losing it. Like, do something. And it's that thing that happens, right? And then that creates that imposter syndrome, like I'm saying. And then once I'm juiced and I'm work pumped and I'm working, I don't care, dude. Like, leave like 100 negative comments on my stuff and I'll just move past it. I'll just look at it and I'll be like, great. Then there's like other hundreds of thousands of people that follow me and their lives I've changed. Um, with the knowledge that I've shared. So there's all these examples. So I'm going to listen to that one like glass half empty guy, you know, just move from that. So those are the causes, three causes. Now let's move into the solution. So what's the solution then? The first solution is be honest and do your best, right? Very generic, very cliche, 
um, solution, but very true at the same time. You just, when you're honest with yourself, you know, case in point, that example for now, like putting away, like, you know, a PlayStation, is sort of like this, this principle, right? Like my own values. Like, I'm going to do that for me. Like right now, obviously, I'm talking about it and sharing it with you guys, but because I want to be authentic, but it's not for anybody else. It's for me. I'm doing that because I can sit here and go browse through on my YouTube and watch some in informational video instead of like, or educational content, instead of like just playing FIFA and zoning out because I'm just like, I'm doing that to myself. I'm doing something to course correct and do the right thing. So I'm being honest with myself and I'm doing my best. That's the end of that. I, you know, then I can talk to my little brother or I can talk to somebody else that is killing it 100 times more. Like my brother just, man, this motherfucker started the year like like a god with a small G.O.D. I mean, he is hitting it so hard right now. That's out of control. And I'm like, yo, what the hell is going on? Like, slow it down, bro. You're crazy. But I'm not all of a sudden, like, I'm not jealous of his success. I'm pumped for his success. And we're laughing and joking about it and saying, good job, because... I'm doing my best, so I got nothing. I got no envy. I got nothing. Like, that's that's all that I can do. And I'm true to myself. And I'm like, dude, good for you. There's more to come around. I'm super happy for you. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to do, you know, keep doing me. I'm doing my best, right? And then the second thing is going to be always be learning. Because what happens with learning is something very beautiful. Not only that you gain skills, and skills kill depression, right? Like, the more skilled you are, the less depressed you are because you have answers to situations. Um, but more importantly, with learning, you become a student. And when you become a student, you become humble, right? So you don't always sit on that pedestal. I'm the cause man and I teach people and nobody tells me shit and blah, blah. What the hell is that, right? We can't go anywhere with that mindset. So I, mean, I do have that mindset a little bit with colorists in my field because they're just like pure dicks. Like, I mean, they just come in and they try to like put a little time bomb in your head and like literally want you to explode, right? And not do what you do because the scarcity mindset and all that puke-worthy puke stuff that we talk about. So let's just keep that out of this conversation. But what I'm saying is like, outside of that, I'm always like, I want to learn new things, right? I want to learn new things. I, I want to stay humble. I want to stay grounded. And uh, anytime I'm outside of my domain and learning something new, I'm going, oh my God, I'm not even a, a, a toddler. I'm an infant. I'm not even an infant. I haven't even been born yet in that domain, in that field. And that is humbling as hell. And that is beautiful. That's amazing. Because then you just like live in that mindset and you're very nimble. Number three, ask for criticism from people you trust and people that are in that domain killing it. Um, if I need suggestions on YouTube video thumbnails, I'm going to go to my little brother because Clever Kazi has over 1 million subscribers on YouTube, absolutely destroying the game and getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars coaching people how to start their YouTube channel. So this guy knows and he walks the walk. So then I'm going to DM him and I'm going to message him and be like, hey, dude, putting out uh, a video on OpenAI, what should I do for the thumbnail? Uh, here are four options. What do you think? And then he takes it and he goes, well, this was shit, this was shit. And not in a way like where he's hurting me. He's just giving it to me straight. And he goes, let me cook it for you. And then he makes something for me. He sends me seven variations and I go, I love this one. Uh, it's more aligned with my channel. I'm going to use it. And now we're like sharing and learning and like I'm going to the source. I'm going to the best. I'm going to the practitioner, right? So like all of a sudden my skill went from here to here because I just cut to the source, went to somebody who's better in that space 
and then showed me a way and I'm like, boom, like now I'm elevated, right? Like I'm just like went to the next level. So those are the things that are going to get imposter syndrome out of you because again, you're doing your best. You're learning every day, improving every day. You're learning from the best. Uh, now we're going to move on to, and once again, relating it to like be more employable when you do all these things, not only you're really good at what you do, you're bringing so much value that people are just like, dude, I need to have him around because we're all getting better. Just being in his aura, right? So by the way, shout out to my new video, shameless plug that I just put out. You guys have to watch it. First of all, it's blowing the F up. It's like two out of 10 um, fastest growing videos on my channel. And I was kind of scared when I put it out because I don't do, anytime I try to go outside of my lane, anything uh, other than color grading, uh, YouTube algorithms are just like, dude, don't ever try that. We'll, we'll you know, delete your channel. We're, we'll destroy your life. But this time it didn't happen. I put out a video. It's on OpenAI. Obviously, it's for creatives and filmmakers. And it just, it, it jetted. It took off. So I'm super stoked. You guys should definitely check it out. Stay ahead of that game, okay? Like when it comes to OpenAI and what's happening in the AI world, like get on it, get on it and stay on it. Because like now I'm hearing that it's even hard to get on chat GPT and things like that. They're not letting people in. I did it a couple of weeks ago and now people are saying we can't even get in. So that's why I'm saying like, just be there, like in that space and keep messing with it. Moving on to another thing that we can talk about. Somebody asked school versus self taught or self-learning, right? So that's a really good one. So let's start with the school pros. Like, you know, when you go to school, what are the pros? So the number one pro that I can think of is friendships and connections. Those connections that you're building, and it's very different than building friends like on the internet. I'm not saying people are fake, but I'm just saying it's different. Like hitting up, you know, somebody that I found through Instagram and now we became friends, even if we met once in real life, it's very different to just, hey, what's up, dude? Like on Instagram compared to like having real ass friends that you're grabbing a cup of coffee with, coming up with concepts, uh, present, presenting together, failing together, learning together, getting better together. Like those experiences are very different. So that is beautiful. And then that turns into a real connection when they go out and uh, one of them makes it they can pull you in so that there's a lot of greatness in networking when you go to school. But let, let's keep going with the pros first. The second one is roadmap. A lot of people are fighting uh, and, and losing at life because they don't have direction. And, you know, my son was one of those examples. Like, he's just like, dude, I envy the shit out of you because you, as far as I remember, you work from home and you always killed it. And it's like just one, you're going in one direction. But how do you stay self-disciplined. When he graduated high school, he had no idea what to do. He's just like, please, God, somebody tell me what to do. Give me some direction. And then he thrives under direction. So now he's a Marine and the dude is up at 5 a.m. sharp, working out like three hours a week, three hours a day, loving it, absolutely loving it, swimming in that Kool-Aid. So he is built to do that, right? So what I'm saying is like, that is something that school gives you. It's a roadmap where you can just like, unplug that part of your brain where you have to be self-disciplined and things like that. Just follow the roadmap. You're going to be good. And then third thing that school does, you know, double downing on roadmap is discipline and structure. It gives you that discipline. It takes out all the variables, right? Show up at 7 a.m. Class ends at 11 a.m. Uh, you have three hours and then you go get, you know, get into another class at 3 p.m., 3 to 7, whatever it is, right? So all that work is basically done for you. Uh, you don't have to put any thought process into that. All you have to do is just focus and have fun. 
So those are the pros for school. So I will give it to that because I, I got a degree in school, right? Like, so I understand how was that, all of that beneficial. I mean, I met my wife there. So it, it paid off right there, right? Like, I mean, we built that connection that is really hard to build outside of that. School cons, let's talk about some cons. It's expensive as hell. My degree in Cali uh, or in Chicago at the Art Institute was around $60,000. And then after all the interest is over 100K. So I'm going to be paying my loans, uh, what is it, 2023? I'm going to be paying it until like 38 or something like that, right? Like 40, like, you know, so, so 2040. So it's like, I'm going to be paying these loans for such a long time. And that is crazy. That's insane. So that's one thing about school is super, super expensive. And then the second thing is like so much extra fluff, things that we just don't care about. We just want to like go in, in this day and age, right? TikTok age, 30 second TikTok, 15 second TikTok, you know everything about World Cup 2022, right? In Qatar, like boom, downloaded, like you know everything. And uh, it's not nimble, like the education, like the books are printed whenever, right? Years ago, and now you're just like reading those books. So there is that thing, like that kind of makes it opposite of sexy. It's just like, you know, you're just learning from like what has happened. It's like a historian telling you what has happened instead of like what you should be doing or what's hot, what's new right now today, right? Uh, because it's just really funny, right? Like the world that we live in, um, I make a video about OpenAI and so many comments are like, this is nothing new. Like we've been using that for a while. Uh, for a while, you mean like November 22nd when Chad GPT was released to public? Like what that, like what kind of world are we living in where even if you're like two months like late um, to like something and you're trying to make a video about it, everybody's just old news, old news, what's new, what's new? So anyways, but that's the world that we live in, right? So we kind of have to go with it. Um, and school is just not there. Um, and then unfortunately, the thing is like you're taught by instructors, not practitioners. That's always going to be a difference. There's absolutely no shame and no shade on instructors and teachers. The problem is that that's their full-time job. So what else are they going to do, right? Like that's what they do for a living. So that's their job. But then that doesn't make them, not, uh, most of them are not practitioners. Like I'm not going to put everybody in that category. Most of them are not practitioners. So like when I went to college, there was one guy that was still on and off doing projects, our instructor for cinematography. And that's how I fell in, fell in love with cinematography. That's why I wanted to be a cinematographer because that dude walked the walk. Whereas everybody else was reading some text off of a, off of a, like a textbook. Whereas this guy was out there in the field doing it, like, you know, was taught by Martin Scorsese. So he was bringing a lot of that experience. And then you're just like, dude, give it to me. Like, you know, I'm, I'm here to like, listen to you, take notes and then go out there and try those things. So, there's a difference, and that's something that's missing in the school system. And then finally, it takes four years. I mean, come on. You know, like, I mean, who has time for that? Like, I mean, nothing should take three to four years. Like, we're living in an age where it's like, go, 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 right? Uh, whether you love it or hate it or whatever, if you want to be successful, and if you're listening to this because you want to find out some new ways to be employable, I'm just going to give it to you straight. And I'm just telling you, that whole thing is just not very attractive, like four years um, of like old school education, something that, you know, is already outdated. Now we're moving on. We're going to talk about self-learning pros. So let's start with like, okay, what's the difference? Like, what if I'm self-taught? What are the pros there? So the biggest pro is focused education, you know, go to YouTube. Algorithms are amazing. You just type in something. It's going to give you the creme de la creme, right? Like the top results. Watch that. And boom, now you just learn from the best. So that is a really, really big advantage of it. 
It is a lot cheaper because so much of education is free now or close to free. Like, I mean, think about my course, like somebody who's, who's been doing this, who's a professional at it, you can get my course for $9.97, right? Or when I do a sale, you can get it even cheaper, but you can get it for $9.97. So you're paying $1,000 getting access to a professional colorist and it's only a grand compared to like school education, which is hundreds of thousands of dollars and four years, right? And if you take my course, you spend a month on it, you basically just got everything you needed. Now go get jobs, right? Like make it, go out there and kill it. So that's just the example. And then the third uh, thing is gonna be learn from practitioners and going back to that, right? Like double downing on that. Like most of the time you're gonna be loving, uh, learning from people that are already doing this stuff. And that's why it's on-demand education. We, we spent some time, we took some time out from client work, created a course, and now it's published. And now we're back at what we do best. So you're learning from somebody who does this day in and day out, right? Makes it very different. Um, and then finally, it's much faster, right? So like, I mean, because it's focused education and it doesn't have a lot of fluff, you can learn a lot in less time compared to a traditional education. Uh, now let's look at some of the cons for self-learning, right? So the number one con is gonna be it requires discipline. And something that a lot of people, it requires self-discipline, something that <coughs> a lot of people lack when they're young, right out of high school, you're already so fed up learning like all the weird, you know, algorithm or, or, or math problems and things like that where you're just like, dude, get me away from this. Like, this is all garbage. I don't want to do that. So then you're not going to be encouraged and pump to go online and be encouraged to learn, right? So that could cause years of just like procrastination and lack of direction and that might like actually be detrimental for your career, for your trajectory. So that is the one con, big con with self-learning. Second one is like no singular roadmap, similar to a first point, you know, like where you don't have like that direction. Like in school, it's like an example is like a horse, right? Like it's going to run all over the place until you put the blinders on and then it's going to, you know, run on the track, right? So like with self-learning, and that's what I always say, like people ask like, why should we pay, you know, for your course? We can learn all of that um, online uh, for free on YouTube. Good, good luck to you. Like, you know, come back to me two years from now and you're still gonna know a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit here, a little bit there because the information, even if the algorithms are really good, it's still going to give you a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Whereas like if you go to somebody who has a curriculum, who has a course, it just goes, it's gonna take you from this and it's gonna get you here. In this amount of time, like this, you know, spend this much time on this module, on this module, this module, you're going to end up here. Here's a roadmap, go. So now you're still self-taught, but in that sandwich of like some roadmap and it makes it a lot faster and easier. And that's why it's really easy for me to justify selling my product, selling my course, because I'm just like, I know the value of it. Like it's totally different than learning online. I go buy courses when I want to really deep dive into something. I might watch a few videos from somebody and I go, this was amazing. Simon Sinek, right? Like amazing stuff, blah, blah, blah. Uh, does he have like a coaching program? Boom, 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 boom. You're right? Six, $7,000, $10,000 coaching program, worth it. Teach me how to be a leader, right? Like I, I want to learn those skills, like sign me up better than, better than school. I can pay it like, you know, in one go, there's no interest on it. And uh, let me get that skill and then learn how to make a million off of it. And that's just what it is. Like instead of just watching all his content all over the place and spending seven years and still not have that thing that I'm looking for, that tailor-made answer, right? That I need. Everybody's situation is different. Unfortunately, even so far, 
uh, self-learning is looked at, it's little less respected than a degree or a certificate, right? So people in a traditional structure, corporate structure, still look at it as like, do you have a diploma? Do you have a degree? Do you have something you can show us like solid that you do this for a living? And I feel like it's almost gone, but it could come up every now and then. But I feel like it's just on the cusp of just being completely, you know, gone and not be an issue. Now we're going to move on to discipline. I'm going to start with like, why do creatives suck at it, right? Like when it comes to discipline, why us creatives suck at discipline? It's because we like to do things when we want to do them and how we want to do them, right? We don't want to be just told to do like be creative right now. And that's not how creative creativity works, right? It's like you're, you're going to be in the shower and that's when you get your best ideas, right? So I can't put you in front of a desk in a cubicle and go be creative and you're like done. So it makes it difficult. So acknowledging it, realizing it is the, the first battle, right? And that is also a blessing and a curse. Like, okay, now we know that that's what it is. What can we do about it? Because as humans, we're psychologically like wired to perform better under predictable circumstances, most of us. So that is very important if you heard that, right? Like, I mean, we are performing better on daily basis when we have predictable circumstances where we can see the future, some foresight, and that makes it easier, right? And what happens is that as creatives, we don't do that. We don't have a structure. So one night I'm pulling an all-nighter. I'm staying up till 4 a.m. The next you know, morning I wake up at 10. The other morning I wake up at 6 a.m. So there is no like rhyme or reason. Like I'm just kind of going with the flow. So what that does is that, you know, when I don't have a solid foresight, it's going to lead into procrastination, which is going to lead into depression. And then that vicious cycle continues, right? It just continues. It's just like, you know, circling the drain. You're just like, oh man, like, I don't know, dude, I'm, I'm just not seeing the future. And when you're not seeing the future, you're not pumped to work toward it. So then you're procrastinating, right? Like, I mean, it's just like you're coming up with excuses. When you're coming up with excuses, you're seeing everybody around you flying past you. You're just like, now I'm depressed. What the hell am I doing with my life? And then that cycle repeats, right? So you have to acknowledge it. And then once you acknowledge it, you can really easy conquer it, right? With all the techniques that I'm already giving you. And once again, guys, when you correct your discipline and self-learning skills and all these things, it makes you more employable. I mean, all of this just falls into place. It's not just one thing. It's not a one quick fix. Like, hopefully nobody came here or like, Kazi, just give me the magic pill, man. You're, you're saying all these things. It's like a lot of work. Well, that's just what it is. Everything takes time and work. Now, another question that you guys asked is getting over your fear. How do you get over your fear? So, again, one, one of the things that I'm working through, even with my counselor, is like, don't take yourself too seriously. Like going back to that example of playing board games with my family and not enjoying it or not used to enjoying it because I knew I sucked at it. And if they know that I'm not good at it, they're going to think I'm dumb and I just lost my self-worth like around my family. So I don't even want to play that. I'm just going to go in my room and act like I'm busy and I'm working, right? So the first thing is like, don't take yourself too seriously. It's okay. And then going back to the, if you're doing your best, if you are, you know, giving your all, then you don't have anything to hide or be guilty about. And if those things are happening and you suck at something that you don't do all the time, you don't feel any sort of way. It's just, let's just play a game. It's a game, right? And another point here will be, don't make the perfect art, make the art 
and while doing it, you'll get better at it, right? So that's like, I, I just listened to a podcast and they use an example. They said like making a pancake, like with artists, the problem is like, you know, we don't want to present the first pancake. We want to present the third pancake, right? Like in, in our head, even if it's our first presentation, even if it's our first draft, even if it's our first draft, we want it to be perfect. So when you want something to be perfect, you know it's not going to be perfect because it's the first draft. You're just going to hold yourself back. You're going to be so hard on yourself. You're going to hold yourself back. And then that's going to create that fear, right? So don't do that. Just go in with the mindset. I'm going to do my best, but I know the first draft is going to suck. I'm going to go, you know, with all I got, but I know the first pancake is going to suck. It's going to be the worst pancake and I'm going to get better at it. But let's just get that out of the way, right? Let's put that out there. Everybody, you know, laugh and uh, have a good time. And then we move on. We practice, practice, practice. And the third and the sixth pancake is way better than the first one. Nobody remembers the first pancake, right? So those are the things like you have to constantly remind yourself. What's up, Nick? And um, the third thing I'm going to talk about here is don't be overly critical of yourself. I feel like I do that all the time and I have to work through it. Um, my wife is a great center point for me. Anytime I'm doing that, she catches that, you know, she, she's got that pattern recognition and she sees that and she goes, stop. Like you, you're doing that thing again. You're being too hard on yourself again. And then I have to stop. Like majority of the time, like when I get these throat scratches, is because I go on these like crazy like stints like where for one week I'm working on a video or I'm working on like the next business plan or whatever it is and I'm getting three hours of sleep every night. So I go to bed at like four, I wake up at 7.30. I go to bed at 4.30, I wake up at seven. I go to bed at like five, I wake up at like eight. You know, so I go and do these crazy unhealthy work stints and then all of a sudden my throat is like, like boop you're right i got a bug and i'm just like oh my god like i don't feel good i feel lethargic and now it just slows down everything right so she's really good at like picking out that and goes slow it down you don't need to do that you just put out one video i know you want to do another one before we go on vacation but it's okay if you don't do it like it's okay like take it easy like your body is literally telling you hey bro like i'm giving up you got to slow it down so don't be overly critical right of yourself and when you do that you get over all the fears like it's okay like you you start accepting right and you stop reacting and you start acting like you know when we take a breath and we take a second we can actually act instead of always react um so all those things are very important and then um somebody asked like hey can you talk a little bit about like you know some of the success stories of your people's game you elevated and uh, you know yeah, I can I can think of like a few people, right? Like, which is just really crazy. Like, Brian, one of the guys, like you guys probably follow him. He's a he's a colorist from uh, from Brazil, and crazy story. When he joined my course, it's like he was so young, and to the point where he was like even missed like one of his payments or something like that. And uh, you know, my team sent him an email, and they were like, "Hey, you missed a payment. Um, we might have to like boot you from this course or whatever." And then he DM me, and he pretty much said, "Hey, man." you know, take a chance on me, give me like two more days or something like that. And I will make you proud and blah, blah, blah. And at the time he was like a OG, OG, like, you know, the first top 10 people that got the course or the first 15 people that got the course. So I was just like, you know what? I'll give you a few days, uh, whatever. And years later, you look back and this dude is literally working on every ma major project that comes out of Brazil. So I'm just beyond proud of him. 
and literally the hustle was out of control. He swam in everything that I put out, like the, the Kool-Aid. And that's the one thing that I always tell people that, you know, what makes my courses or my circle unique, and it will always be like that, even in the future, whatever products I put out, that there's always going to be a section for soft skills. And okay, we, we know all these hard skills, we learned all these cool things, how do we monetize it now? What do we do with that? So you're always going to get that. And then that what makes it so important. Um, there's so many more examples like that. You know, Gabi, who's just working with so many YouTubers right now, and then he's working with stock companies, color grading their footage and um, having a blast. One of the best souls on planet Earth. And we actually became friends like every, he's in Chicago. So every time I go there, I hang out with my dude, um, Nick, who comes from like a very, very solid background. Uh, took the course and he comes from a photo um, retouching background, but then took the course and just has worked with Adidas and like literally Burberry and crazy amount of companies because he already had that clientele, right? Like he was doing stills for them. So it was really easy for him to just, you know, level up his color grading game for video and then apply those techniques and, you know, use those clients uh, for his second sale and then like have them give them like video work and he's absolutely killing it. And and again, there's just so many like l hundreds, if not thousands of people. Pratik, who's like 18 from uh, India, absolutely just killed it. Like just bought a $30,000 monitor. He just bought a, uh, he didn't buy a BVM. He buy, bought a ISO, whatever their top of the line is like, you know, a, a $30,000 or $32,000 USD. And this kid is like 18 and he just bought that monitor, didn't know anything about color grading, got my course and then that all happened because it's not just like all the great skills that I taught, right? Because there's so many other colors that I watch their stuff and I'm like, holy shit, like you guys are crazy. I mean like this motherfucker's IQ might be like 170 or some shit. Like what is really going on? But then I walk away thinking, oh my God, but why does it make me feel so dumb and all of a sudden I have imposter syndrome and I feel like I shouldn't do this and I shouldn't touch colors and I don't feel inspired. So was that really great that he knows all that information and he just puked and like put out all this knowledge that he has, but I'm walking away feeling this small and I just don't ever want to do this anymore and blah, blah, blah. Or is it better for us to teach people what's practical, what works, walk the walk, and then inspire them to go out there and change their lives and change their family's lives and like set something in motion, something much bigger than us, right? So th that's the thought process. That's how I always worked and will always work. And then let's go and talk about one more thing. So like another question that I got is that, hey, how do you deal with annoying clients? So I'm gonna give you something that's like a very, very rudimentary, like little metric that I came up with, but it works great for me, okay? And it goes like that. So it's consists of like five different uh, characteristics. So number one, recognition. The projects that you're working on, the company that you're working with, uh, how big are they? Uh, I just did a music video, a music video for T-Series. Uh, that's as big as it gets, right? It's the biggest YouTube channel. Um, you know, it's like, um, what is it? Um, we have something in Vivo, right? Like, so Vivo in the United States uh, it, for music videos is like T-Series in India. And you guys know the population there and how fanatic those people are. It's crazy. So, you know, recognition is basically five stars out of five. Or if you want to do zero to 10, it's 10 out of 10. Right, it doesn't get bigger than that. So that's like a check. Then the second metric is like money. How, how well does it pay, right? How well does it pay? 
Um, obviously it's an Indian client. So like when you do the conversion to USD, like it doesn't pay as well as like what I get paid here, but at the same time, let's just give it five out of 10. Okay. So money wise, five out of 10 recognition, 10 out of 10. Good. Let's keep going. Longevity. What are we seeing? Like how much work do they get? Like what, how much work are they getting? How much work can I get from them? How much can I contribute like to their, to their cause, to their company? And what's that like? Right? So it is T series. The director is huge. Everybody knows them there. So the longevity is 10 out of 10. Recognition is 10. Money is five. Longevity is 10. Let's keep going. Difficulty, right? How hard is it to work with these people? That's not difficulty of the project. That's like, how hard is it to work with these people? So let's think about that. What's the difficulty like? Uh, the difficulty working with those people is zero. Super easy to work with. Like they're just so freaking charming. Everybody's on their game. There's never like a gamma shift. There's nothing messed up happens because these guys know everything inside out. They're so good at it. So difficulty is zero, like when it comes to communication. Excellent. Final, like final thing here is joy. How happy does it make me feel? Is it something, are these projects like what I want to work on? Are these the people that I want to work with? Is it a company and their values that I believe in and I want to grow with them? Like, are all those things lining up? Like, what's my joy, like the, the radar? Like, where is it at? Joy is 10, right? Because I grew up watching Hindi movies, right? So like having a song that my mom and uh, dad can listen to and understand and go, whoa, that's really cool. Like, that's awesome. And then we can listen to in the car and jam to it is sick working on something like that. That's amazing, right? So the joy is 10. Recognition is 10, money is five, longevity is 10, difficulty is zero, joy is 10. The answer is just right in front of me. I gotta work with that company. Moving on to the next one, right? So like now if you have annoying clients, you go recognition is zero because they're doing everything for the credit because they're up and comer. Money is zero because they got they ain't got no money. They're like, you know, it's for the credit that you're working on. Longevity is up in the air. It's also zero because you don't know like if they're the next, you know, David Fincher or not. And if they are the David Fincher, it will be really easy to tell. Like their work will be just that good. And then you go difficulty. They're never pleased. They're always coming up with like, hey, can you do more revisions? Blah, 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 blah. Joy. No, it sucks. Like, I just feel like it's a waste of time. Blah, 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 blah. Say no. It's just that easy. You see, so once you have like this metric, like, you know, your own system, it makes it super, super simple to go through that checklist and go, who do I want to work with? Who I don't want to work with? And then finally, I'm going to end this a practical like set of skills that I can just share with you that you can use and and learn from mine too and see what you can do. So like, let's just say, what are your top three skills or qualifications that make you an asset to a company? So you got to ask yourself, what are those three things that makes you special? So I'm going to talk about mine. Communication reliability and skill. Okay. Now let's further break those down. Those are my three. Okay. So communication, I mean, you know, I'm a freaking talker. So communication, reliability, I will show up. I will show up like, you know, remember the whole thing about like, I'm not smart, but I will out outwork everybody. And then three skills. So let's further break it down. Number one, when we, when we go under uh, communication, I'm compassionate, right? I, I, I'm like an anti dude. Right. Like I'm not that guy. Ah, like, rah, like I'm not that guy. I, I'm the dude who's just going to be like, like, dude, let's grab a cup of coffee. Let's sit down and let's talk about it. Like, like you know, maybe if shit gets emotional, like we both cry a little together. Like, I, I don't care. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm very close 
to my heart and my brain. Like I, I'm just very open about showing my vulnerability to other people. It's totally fine. So I'm compassionate. I'm enthusiastic. I mean, you guys can read that here, right? Like the animation, hand movement, you know, the, the voice ups and downs and everything when I'm talking. So I'm super pumped. And when I'm pumped about something, I'm crazy. So that leads to like the third uh, attribute, which is character uh, charismatic, right? So super, super charismatic. And uh, it's to the point, like my whole family says, like, you know, this freaking guy can sell anything. Like, I mean, he can come to us and say, hey, guys, nobody's using iPhones anymore. They suck ass. We're all moving to like, you know, Android uh, Pixel 7 Pro. That's the shit. Everybody jumps on that bandwagon. And then like two months later, I go, well, you know what? My bad, because I missed the ecosystem and blah, blah, blah. All those things. I think I'm going back to Apple. And they're like, uh, OK, yeah, we want to go back to Apple, too. And it's like that kind of thing. Right. So that comes from charisma. And like, you know, you just kind of command the room, but not in a terrorist way, like where, you know, people are just kind of tense and they're just like, oh, OK, whatever. But in a in a charming way, reliability, I'm consistent. Right. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like Forrest Gump in that sense. Like once you give me something and if this is what I'm working on, I can put my head down, go, 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 go. Like, I mean, it just, that thing I will not stop doing. I don't care about, I'm not that guy who's just like, I want to know, like, I want to find more meaning in this and like, what's, what's the meaning of life and blah, blah, blah. No, dude. Like, I mean, if I'm in, I'm in, bro. Like, I mean, I'm just going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm doing that one thing. Let's crack the code on it right? That's what happened with like Instagram. Let's crack it. Let's crack it. Let's crack it. A lot of people can get like a little, like, you know, crazy growth spur, right? Like they, they get those like big, like spikes. They'll go from 18,000 to like hundred thousand followers and then poop, right? Gone. Like with me, it's like, I, I hit it. And then I plateaued. I hit it again. I plateaued. I hit it again. I plateaued. I hit it again. And it's like, go, go, go. What's the next thing? Let's keep trying. Let's keep trying. Let's keep trying. Okay, this is not working. This is not working. Let's try this. Let's try that. Let's try this. Keep cracking the code. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Right? Like all of it. Like try different techniques and just be nimble. And uh, disciplined, right? Under reliability. I'm disciplined. Once again, it goes back to like, I'll keep doing like what works and just not feel two ways about it. <clears throat> and then finally, under reliability will be no excuses. No excuses, right? Throat is like messed up right now. I shouldn't be talking so much. Like it literally hurts. Like right here, it's hurting like crazy. Uh, I'm here talking to you guys because no excuses. I want to do this. Like I was feeling worse yesterday when I made a post that I'm going to go live because I'm going to do it. Like, I mean, I just want to go live. Next week, I can't do it. I'm going to be on vacation. I'm going to be in Fiji. So we got to make up for it. We got to do it. I'm just going to show up. Uh, and then we'll figure out the rest later. And then when we go under skills, I'm a colorist. I I can walk the walk, right? So that's like known. And I'm technical. I'm super, super technical. So that's another thing, right? Like some people that are artists, they're not very technical. They're, they freak out. Anything, something happens, a weird message shows up on their screen. They just jump up like a cat. And they're like, hey, somebody take over. What's going on? I'm the guy who troubleshoots everything. So like, you know, because my background is um, in IT, I went to school for network engineering and small business. So like, I mean, I learned a lot of my fundamentals there. So I'm not afraid of it. Uh, I'm always like the guy behind the computer, like, you know, unplugging and plugging stuff and trying to figure it out. Um, business minded, right? Like look at my bio, I'm a businessman first, artist second. So it's always like that's in the forefront because I feel like it's important. A lot of people are losing um, in, in the game of um, career because they they just are too passionate and they just want to do it what they love and be like a leaf like wherever the wind blows they go you, you, that's just not how it works that's not what puts food 
on the table. That's not like, you know, what you should be doing day in and day out, especially if you have responsibilities and family, right? So you have to be smart about it. And then finally, I'm a salesman. At heart, I am. Like, I, I take a lot of pride in it. People look at it and kind of cringe and want to puke and all those things. And I feel like it's a great profession. And I don't mean salesman like I make calls and, you know, do like telemarketing stuff. I'm just saying that I can sell you anything that I believe in. Like, literally give me a couple of hours with that and let me do my research. And I'm going to come around and I will debate with you. I will make points like, you know, that what I believe in, what I picked up about something and I will try to freaking sell it to you. And that matters when you're negotiating, uh, when you're looking for salary increases, job promotion, all of those things. Right. Like interviewing at a new place. When you have that skill set, people don't even know it. And like because if you're good at it, people shouldn't know it. That's the same thing with editing, color grading. Right. Like, I mean, if. People are just, all they're doing is noticing your color grade. Something is wrong with you. Um, your, your grade, right? Like, it shouldn't be like that. If somebody is just constantly talking about the editing in a movie, um, the editor didn't do a great job because he should just disappear, right? Like, he should be a ninja about it. And then we watch a movie and we go, yes! Even something as crazy edited as, like, Fight Club. There's a lot of, like, these, like, you know, one-frame action and, and flash frames and so much is happening. Like, the editing is very technical. It's very freaking good. But we don't think about the editing. We think about the movie and the message and how amazing it was. And that means everybody killed it. Like everybody did their best. So guys, I think that's a good segue. But I think ending on Fincher is always a good segue because I just love the dude so much. Uh, I, I hear so much crap about like how difficult he is to work with. And I believe that. But I still feel like he is brilliant. He is just he's one of the craziest geniuses in our industry and the kind of work that they put out. So that's it. I hope you guys took a lot out of it and uh, love you guys. Thank you as always for your support. Until next time, love you guys. Peace. And guys, thank you so much for sticking around till the end. Please leave a five-star review and make sure you're following this channel. I will see you in the next episode.